Welcome to the Endor Report, a family Star Wars podcast with your host, Captain Tad. I'm also joined by my committee. I am not a committee. Okay, Princess Janelle, along with his crew of scoundrels, Jack the Droid. The odds of anyone listening to this podcast are a million to one. And Molly the Padawan. I am no Jedi. And anyone else we pick up along our way to the Outer Rim. Now it's time for the show. So first off, before we get the show going, I really want to thank Molly, uh, our daughter, for giving us that amazing intro music that you hear in the background. Uh, really glad to have our own intro coming into the show now. That that sounded really cool, especially with uh, Jack, Jack the Droid. Yes, it does. Um, so yeah, thanks guys a lot. Really appreciate it. Um, really is a family effort and and putting this together now. So we're we're having a lot of fun, and tonight we're going to be talking about. We have to have the kids on again. Yes, we do. We got to record it when they're awake because usually now we're waiting till they're asleep, so the house is quiet. We can put something together. <laughs> but tonight the we're... dogs are never quiet, though. Tonight we're going to be talking about the ghosts of Mortis, the third the third one, third season three, episode seventeen. This is the final uh, uh, of the whole Mortis trilogy. This is it a trilogy? Is that how it's discussed? That's how it's discussed because you have three episodes. Yeah. So it's basically a little a, a mini trilogy inside of Clone Wars, aired February eleventh, two thousand eleven, and our fortune cookie for this one is: He who seeks to control fate shall never find peace. Here we go. We're back to the theme of letting go. Yeah, because this is the whole story of the father brought them there. He initiated this whole plan to... Uh, to. F- so you think it's about the father not finding peace because he tried to intervene? Yeah, like it's all about him it's trying not, to... You don't think it's about Anakin? Eventually Anakin tries to, I guess, control his fate in this episode, but then he... It just gets erased. Okay. And there's a really emphasis on the the future is not set in stone, even if you know what's going to happen. Doesn't I know there's it's... an emphasis on that, but it's unfortunate because that that is a theme that is actually not really present in Star Wars. The prophecies seem to come to fruition because it's about letting go and not controlling fate. So Anakin trying to control his fate, trying to stop death, trying to save people, trying to change the future. It's that loop, you, the paradox that is seen in movies as well. Like trying to prevent the future actually seals the deal. Yeah, but don't you think the Jedi were trying to basically control the future by using oh my Anakin goodness, as the, the Jedi chosen one? are always the worst. Even in the comic we just read tonight, like, the Jedi are a problem. I don't think I don't think the Jedi are a problem. It's just, hey, we we found the chosen one, but Yoda even gives the warning of a prophecy misread. Do you think the prophecy was misread? Because the prophecy was discussed in these episodes. So, do you think it was misinterpreted? And I guess we can talk about this later when we're talking about the episode. The father sees the future of Anakin and dies heartbroken. But he dies knowing that he is the chosen one and just warns him of his power. He is the chosen one, but the father still dies sad because of what the chosen one means. Like, he actually realizes what that is. I really wonder if George Lucas was thinking, like, hey, there's thousands of Jedi. There are two Sith. So, balance to the Force. 
at the end is there's two Sith and there's two Jedi. Well, at the end, what are we left with after Anakin does balance the Force? What is the balance? You mean in this episode? Or okay. just in general? No, we're talking he... about this episode. Let's talk about general later. Let's stay on topic. So we're, we're through the fortune cookie. What happens next? So Ahsoka is fixing the ship. And then Anakin comes to him saying that if he doesn't get the father's blessing to leave, it will haunt him for the rest of his life, which is weird. It is weird. Why does he need his blessing? He really didn't. He he had chosen to disobey the father and was going to leave even after the father said, hey, you have to stay here and take care of my children. So, again, why did Anakin feel indebted to this character? Maybe because he resulted in the death of his daughter, and he has some issues so with Anakin, attachment. Okay, so what was our theme about guilt? Do you still have that on your notebook? On the first one? Yeah. So that was the one where the one balance is found by the one who faces his guilt. So is Anakin facing some guilt? By going back to the father and checking yeah, for forgiveness? Like, is he facing guilt? Because do you think he blames... I don't think he blames himself for the daughter dying, does he? Yeah, because I think the father was like, hey, you're the only one who can control my children. You are the future that can bring balance to Mortis, to this place. And Anakin chooses to leave because he says it's your choice. That'll haunt you. And now he's saying that his choice is starting to haunt him. And if he doesn't get the father's blessing to leave, especially since the daughter's dead now and the father has to face his uh, dark side son all by himself. The father, I did notice when the father was explaining to Anakin about facing his son that he had decided his choice was to kill him, which seems really extreme for a father in any TV show to decide to kill his son. Yeah, but remember, like, this father is supposed to be almost like a gray Jedi. He is both dark and light. Do you think he's a gray Jedi? Yeah, because he, he is the both the dark and the light. And he even says, your power comes from me. So he is both good and bad. He plans to kill his own children. I mean, I, everyone can understand that that happens sometimes. No, no, Dad, no. <laughs> uh, no, no, nobody understands that. So then, then the next uh, the next scene is the daughter's tomb, where the father is putting the dagger in the daughter's tomb and saying the old fool he was an old fool who co- tried to control the future. So once again, going back to the whole he who seeks to control fate shall never find peace. He's calling himself a fool for trying to control the control the future. So who is I wonder I would I just want to know who is this guy. Where did he come from? Who is he? Where is he in the timeline? Because I don't think he is present day. Because, and we'll talk about this at the end of the episode. He, oh, so he, oh yeah, you have a cool theory on like so let's keep some, going. T- some time travel and yeah. stuff like that. But I, I always like to look at Star Wars and think of like, how does this relate? Is this is this like a, a manifestation of George Lucas? Is this some other character? Is this like a father figure? So we have a dyad. We have a father or a parental figure and then two sides of the force. And that's what we see in The Rise of Skywalker. We have Leia slash Han, parent figures. And then we have Kylo and Rey. And we also see this again with Vader 
and Han and Leia. And I understand Kylo and Rey aren't brother and sister, but I also don't feel like their connection, even with that kiss, was romantic. There really are yin and yang, uh, uh, the dyad. And it's over and over and over. So maybe this is just the way George Lucas likes to write the dynamics in his stories. Because we see it in the old ones, we see it in this one, and then the Rise of Skywalker, it happened again. Yeah, so you're saying that like George Lucas always, just, I mean, the whole yin-yang, black or white, I mean, that was kind of the basis for this entire story in the 70s, was like, hey, all of the all of the good guys were technically like, not really, really but why, good at but that time period. You who had Dirty is the Harry. father figure? Like, so, why? Why is it not a okay? We have good and bad. Why is there a father figure? What is that meaning? It means you have someone who's in control of the whole situation and is basically managing the situation and trying, trying to be in control, even though he sees the his son going towards the darkness and his daughter is uh, kind of naive and selfless. All right, what's next on your list? So up next, uh, Anakin comes, eventually finds the father and like, you're going to have to kill him. And the father says he'll trust in the force. There's nothing that Anakin can do at this point. He's already made his choice to leave the planet. He's no longer in control of what's going to happen there but then sends him to this land so where... So this is a part where I don't quite understand. Like, he gives his monologue, his speech, and then he's like, oh, but you must go to the dark well of doom. But the father doesn't send him to the dark well. The father sends him to a place where the force is strong in this area and there is no dark side here. And walking through into that area, he meets Qui-Gon. Is that because Qui-Gon, the son... Tricking him, or is this really Qui-Gon? I think this is really Qui-Gon, because it matches exactly the same Qui-Gon that we saw in the first ep- the first episode. Mm-hmm. And Qui-Gon is basically still talking about how much he believes in Anakin, and believes that, I believe you will find like a different way. I feel like that's kind of Qui-Gon's downfall. This like un- like unquestioning faith that Anakin Skywalker is the chosen one. Yeah, and what's he chosen to do? Did Qui-Gon fully understand what that meant? Mm, I'm going to say no, because I don't think he would have brought Anakin back from Tatooine if he knew that he was going to wind up killing all the younglings. I I don't know. I feel like he would have. Really? Qui-Gon was so headstrong and so against the grain, and he was kind of an anti-Jedi Jedi. Well, he didn't listen to the council, and he kept getting in trouble, but... He wasn't, I don't think he was what, one who was going to give a, like, think, let a bunch of kids die. What do you think Qui-Gon thought Anakin was chosen to do? But so, I mean, obviously, bring balance to the Force. But like, what did that mean to Qui-Gon? I think to them, that meant getting rid of the dark. And that is such a very... So that is not bringing balance. That is where I say over and over that um, the Jedi aren't, I don't know, they're not always good. Yeah, I mean, you would think, like, I think maybe they think that there's enough darkness in the universe just from it being a cold, dark place where life can't grow everywhere that you don't need the Sith or you don't need a dark side, like a person, like, actively trying to create chaos and create... So Anakin sees Qui-Gon, he... and Okay, so Qui-Gon is the one who tells him to go to the dark area of the planet, right? 
And he says, I believe in you. I believe you will find a new, a different way. There is a place on this planet that is like where all of the dark side uh, comes together. You must go there and face the sun. Why so, does Anakin have to face the sun? Why is it not the father? Well, Anakin is definitely the more powerful one, I would say, in this situation. Cause he more is powerful the chosen than one. the father? I mean... I mean, he did control the son and the daughter just as well as the father. Yeah, but the father was about to be smoked. Like, the son has almost killed the father twice now. Okay, so that's fair. Anakin is more powerful. So then the father appears to Obi-Wan, and Obi-Wan's like, what have you done? And he's like, I am just trusting the will of the Force. And apparently the will of the Force was for Obi-Wan to show up. But then Obi-Wan says something about, I don't like this. About trusting the will well, of the force. He says the way I see it. Well, yeah, and he does say the way I, I see it. I love that. That's such an Obi-Wan line. That made me happy. The way I see it, if we weren't supposed to interfere, we wouldn't be here. That is such a cop-out. And so Obi-Wan. So he jumps on his speeder and he goes running off to save Anakin. Right. And in the meantime, Anakin gets to meet the sun and we get the great awesome scene of Anakin seeing what his future is going to bring. Which makes him ironically turn to the dark side like you would think that would make him resist and be against it but he immediately decides well i am dark yeah it it doesn't really explain because he does say like uh i have seen that the jedi will be the ones that stand against peace well they kind of do because anakin felt like the empire or it wasn't the empire at the time but i guess it would be the Republic at the time, he felt like they stood for peace and Emperor Palpatine stood for peace. Mm. So he... I guess he doesn't know who the Emperor really is at that point. He just knows that eventually he joins the Emperor and causes all of this pain and hate by being a Jedi. So he's thinking maybe if I if I join the Sun... I'll be able to find out who the real Sith is and I'll be able to destroy them and the Jedi and bring peace and get rid of uh, corruption in the galaxy. So you think Anakin really was always seeking peace because I feel like he was also always seeking control. I think he sees it as the same thing. Peace and control are the same thing? Yeah, he thinks that if he's in control, there will be peace. If I have total control over everyone's opinion and everything well, that goes on in the galaxy. Well, he's not wrong. That's just a different way to define peace. From a certain point of view? From a certain point of view. It's not a nice peace. It's not a happy peace. But it is, in fact, peace. Now, the one thing they do really emphasize at this point is the future can be changed. The sun So why do you think they emphasize that? Because that we just see that not working out in Star Wars consistently. Never working out? What, that the future can be yeah, changed? Yeah, it's just not. Like, I mean, it'd be nice if we could go back and change the future, I guess. What do you mean go back and change the future? I don't know. Fix the prequels or something? I love the prequels. Yeah, but like, okay, so the future can be changed. We're giving... You You almost... The thing about the Clone Wars in, in this particular case, you're watching a prequel, you know how it's going to go, but you almost have a hope that, well... I really love how Anakin has grown and changed through this show. Okay, maybe he won't turn bad. There's a little bit of hope, even though you know how the movies go. Well, that's one thing. I, when I, I watch it, I feel like, oh, the future can be changed. He might not 
turn bad. One thing that I really love about the Clone Wars is it makes you like Anakin so much more. I'd say the Anakin that we get in the prequel movies, it comes off as kind of whiny. There's not as much character development. It seems like he turns to the dark side in less than three well, seconds. Well, he still turned to the dark side in less than three seconds in this show. I would say... It was a like, forehead tap and he was just done. But he's dealing with the the dark lord or not even the dark lord like the son of an who also anchorite I mean, he looks like snoke i don't think he looks like snoke he totally looks like snoke i think he, he looks like a a little bit like the emperor if he didn't have as many scars on his face okay like, so a, a, a nice collar on him so anakin has turned dark then uh Basically, he tricks Obi-Wan, tells Obi-Wan that the Jedi will be the one who causes the pain. The one scene which is kind of weird is the son says, now he is mine. He shocks Obi-Wan, but he doesn't, like, attack Obi-Wan or kill Obi-Wan. He could have easily thrown him into the lava in, like, three seconds. But I guess that would ruin all of the movies that come after it. But it did seem like there was a That's really weak some attack. That's armor. Um so then Obi-Wan messages Ahsoka, who's working on the ship, who's trying to get everything back together, tells her to disable the ship because Anakin's coming. And she disables it and sneaks away to go back and save Obi-Wan, who, my notes say, is a hell of a climber, has made it halfway up that whole cavern just by himself, which is pretty incredible. Obi-Wan is definitely pretty cool. Then at this point, when Anakin gets back to the ship and realizes that it's no longer working, the father shows up and he's ta and tells Anakin that nothing's set in so stone, and if there is to be balance, your mind must be erased. Why does his mind need to be erased for balance? If the future is not set in stone. I feel like the future is set in stone, so he wanted to erase his mind to ensure that it was going to happen. I guess if if Anakin knows that that's what the future is, then he will do whatever he can to prevent it. And since and the future's not set in stone, balance. that could have caused better balance. Like you don't know. Like erasing it seems unfair. Like that's definitely not letting go and not doing anything the will of the Force because it happened. Erasing it is interfering. So that made it happen more likely. Mm, I don't know if it made it more likely, but would you want to know or would you want to live your life knowing that you're like you were going to murder a bunch of children? Well, I wouldn't want it to be erased because I think that I deserve a chance to prevent it. And if not knowing makes it happen, I would want a chance to stop it. But how many people give him warnings throughout this to beware of your power? Beware of who you are. The father says it. Qui-Gon says it. It's different to hear someone nag you than it is to see what would happen. Uh, I understand that one completely. <laughs> Why? Because you don't like it when people nag you? Not at all. So, okay. So, at this point, this is where he races Anakin's memory. Then the son goes to the tomb. He actually opens up the tomb of his uh, his sister Gets the blade out and says that she he was or she was Why the only one he loved. Why did they bury her with the blade? You think? I don't know. Like I, of... it seemed like a really important thing to have. Like why didn't he give it to her in her tomb? Mm, don't know. I guess that's just a 
hey, we're going to put this in the tomb of the daughter. And then you have this whole, I have to go back to the scene of the crime, basically, to where she's dead. And you have this remorseful son. So it shows that the son has Well, that shows that the dark side, side isn't just evil. It's never just evil. There's always good. There's always bad. Light. Now, the only thing is, I wish it explored that the light side isn't always light. Like, she was always so pure, always so good, and then she sacrificed herself, and she was always the the perfect light side force user. But, but she's the one who leads them to the the sword, and she talks they about don't how paint she's always that as negative. selfless. I mean, it's kind of painted as negative, considering it results in her death. Like... She she chose it. She sacrificed herself. She was a martyr. And then she's, it, it's almost like a naive, like the light side is always naive. It doesn't think well, more than just Well, she didn't even selfless. want to blame her brother for the things he did. Don't blame him. It's his nature. But I feel like meanwhile, we focus on, oh, the dark side always has good in them. They're still good. You can fix it. You can change it. Okay, so then then we get to the final showdown. Final showdown between the father, the son, or yeah, the father, the son, Anakin, Obi Wan, and Ahsoka are all there. Anakin wakes up, and the father tells him, "Hey, you you've seen what should never have been shown," and then you have the big fight, and he basically throws Anakin across the uh, across the hall or whatever in the in the temple knocks over Ahsoka and Obi-Wan. Like, really, no one stands a chance against the son. The father uses the Force, grabs the dagger from him, and the son starts laughing, like, what are you going to do? You're going to kill me now, like, after everything that we've been through and everything that we've done? And the father turns around and turns the blade on himself. So why does him killing himself harm his son? Because well, the father says that you're uh, that you and me are tied together. But why? Why wasn't he tied to the daughter, but he was tied to the son? Well, I, he probably was tied to the daughter, and now this is even like there's some trickery in this because he stabs himself. So the son is like, "No, what have you done?" So he's really mad that the father killed himself, even though he was planning on killing the father anyway. But it's a moment to where he gets a hold of his son and Anakin sneaks up behind both of them and stabs the son in the back with his lightsaber and kills the son with his lightsaber. Doesn't even kill the son with the actual dagger of Mortis. So why did you need the dagger of Mortis? I don't know. Like, would the father have died without it? Maybe if they weren't focused, I mean, like the father, one time he like touches the lightsaber and like pushes it down like it's basically a uh, a toy. Right. So I feel like there's a lot of questions left about who they are and why it worked out that way. So he basically, he the father kills himself. He takes away some power or whatever from the son by doing that, makes him vulnerable, says that he didn't want him to die. The father whispers in his ear saying, I always knew there was good in you. So what did and then the Anakin son, stabs him. What did the son do that was good? Why did the father say that? Because he showed remorse. He says, I don't want you to die. Like He was like sad that his father had killed himself and was sad that his daughter or sister was dead. So now like he's actually showing that there's passion even in the dark side. 
No, I thought passion was the dark side. It's emotion. It's like pure emotion, but a lot of the dark side's hate and conflict and anger, which you can see where that passion can be a part of that. So in The Rise of Skywalker, Kylo sacrificed himself the same way the daughter did. I mean, he, it's not like Kylo stepped in front of a, 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 a he dagger. He gave Rey all his life force. He did give Rey all of his life force. So it was it was a reaction. I'd say that's more like what the daughter did for Ahsoka. That's what I mean, yeah. Not really what the daughter did to save her father. No, but she did that for Ahsoka. She did that for Ahsoka. So her dying wish was to basically pass her life force, the life energy in her, over to Ahsoka to cleanse her and get rid of the dark side. So is that what Kylo did for Rey? Because Rey had quite a bit of dark side in her. So I really, I mean, there's all kinds of talk on the internet right now that you have, there's people saying that the video shows that Kylo was actually sitting up and that Rey was picking him up and that the video was edited to make it look like he fell down and that there's all these different kinds of edits and theories out there that Kylo's even cut from the final two scenes of like the and on Tatooine and stuff like that. Oh, with the Force ghosts. With the Force ghosts and well, stuff like that. Well, he was supposed to be a Force ghost, or he was actually with Ray and they were together. He was supposed to be with Ray and they were together, and like they think that like Kathleen Kennedy and someone went in and like edited those parts of the movie without J.J. Abrams or even Adam knowing Driver about it. Driver and Daisy Ridley. Like, do you think they, anyone knew? I mean, like, I mean, you can do anything in these movies now with the editing capabilities. You can make people old, young, all of that stuff. And maybe, hey, having Kylo survive didn't test well. People were upset that someone would kill Han Solo, murder billions in the galaxy, be the supreme leader for the First Order, and then get to go live on Tatooine with his well, girl, with his new girlfriend. He like, shouldn't have had her as a girlfriend because he was actually a really mean boyfriend and it was not a healthy relationship. So he did not deserve a chance as a boyfriend, but I would have enjoyed him not dying. But you are nothing. You're nothing. Like he was just such but a mean not boyfriend. not to me. And not to me. I don't think Ray was... Maybe that's Ray, why Ray wasn't that sad like in the flight home because maybe there's a cut of the film where he was like in the plane with her. <laughs> like yeah maybe that's why she's not as remorseful in that scene because like, he was yeah, actually like she like arrives and she was just like happy to see everybody and like she wasn't sad because he he only died post edits well I, even like so when they filmed the empire strikes back they only told mark hamill what was actually going to be said during that scene so mark hamill could react and everyone can tell that he's being told that Luke or that Darth Vader is his father. Everyone on set, everyone who read any of the scripts thought that it said that Obi-Wan killed his father. So I, I think maybe if you think that she doesn't react all the way like Kylo's actually dead, like she's well, kind of got a smile on her face. I thought she wasn't that sad because I was like, when you think about it and you think about their relationship and you think about how like I don't know nasty he was like okay yes he did all of these evil things that that's also a reason not to have him as a boyfriend but the things he said to her were just so twisted and rude and Ray was such an empowering character that I don't feel like she ever thought of him like a boyfriend and I thought her friends and her relationships with 
Poe and Finn were more important to her because they were healthy and positive. But and someone torturing her and telling her she was nothing. And when she told him to stop telling her things, like he wouldn't quit being mean to her. Like he didn't really earn boyfriend status. But aren't you the one who said you could just completely erase the last Jedi? If you erase the last Jedi, is Anakin or is uh, Kylo still a bad boyfriend? Yes, he is because he like when he went to see her and the two of them were like fighting, um, and it was his quarters and his room, and she kept telling him to stop talking to her and torturing her. He wouldn't stop. Like he was still mean, and he was like, "You can't go back to Leia." He was saying nasty things. Like he was not a nice boyfriend. So. I don't think he ever deserved boyfriend status. I think if he just saved her life, like giving him a kiss was fine. But I could understand why she wasn't that sad about him dying. But Janelle, abs don't grow on trees, and this was Ray's uh, okay, hot Adam girl Driver summer. does not have abs. Like he's very cute, but it's not like Thor. I don't know. He's, he was pretty swollen. No, he had mom jeans on, and I mean he wasn't <laughs> like he's he's different kind of cute. Okay, so back back to Mortis. Um, so it ends with the father warning Anakin about beware of your power. Do what you do what you just did, and you will bring balance to the galaxy again. But beware of your power. Then the whole planet starts to fall apart. It looks like uh, everyone's going to be dead, and Anakin, Ahsoka, and Obi Wan wake up inside the ship with uh, Rex trying to message them. So here's the the thing. When Rex talks to them, he says they had been out of contact for a few seconds or a few moments. In the beginning of all of this, they found a Jedi distress signal. And then in the middle, Ahsoka sent out a Jedi distress signal from their ship. And then when they got back there, Rex was like, you've been gone a few moments. And they were like, no, we've been gone a very long time. And then they realized that the timelines didn't line up. So there were some interesting things, I thought, once I saw this for the second or third time, that made me think that this distress signal in the beginning was actually Ahsoka, and we were in some kind of weird time loop. You did mention that. You said, hey, there's a 2,000-year-old Jedi signal, and you're thinking that that Jedi signal is what actually came from Ahsoka. Yes, because she sent out that distress signal, and they were in such a weird time warp that who was going to pick up that signal, and Rex only thought they were gone for a few moments. Yeah, I um, see, because it... When I heard it in the in this epi- or in the first episode, it sounds like there's an old code. So if Ahsoka sent a code from a new ship, it wouldn't show up as a two thousand year old. How Jedi it depends signal. on how long they were in that loop, and it depends on who the father and the son and the daughter are. Are they Jedi in the future, or are they Jedi in the past? I mean, you're tossing in some serious, like, weird time travel. Yeah, into this. I just thought it was an interesting thing to notice, and I thought that there was some potential there for something that I had missed. Hmm. And you're even okay. So, and remember in Rebels where we have the whole the world between worlds where you can travel between time, and there's all the different portals into different time yeah. zones. And that had the father, son, and daughter's picture on it. So you could have that where they actually traveled into that place, and that's where Mortis was located. 
Oh, that Mortis was actually in where Ezra went to travel in between things. The world between worlds. I just, yeah, and I thought it was just very interesting. And like, why would Ahsoka send the same signal after they mentioned it? And why would they mention the time lapse of we were gone so long, it was only a few seconds? Well, it's weird. Okay, so I always thought that like they had completely forgotten about everything that had happened. But then Obi-Wan says, you wouldn't believe us. Or you wouldn't believe Anakin me if I told that. you. But yeah. Or one of, I thought it was Anakin. I know it's it's Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan oh, says, wouldn't believe me if I told you. Or maybe it was Anakin. But I mean like that that to me means that they remember going to Mortis. They do remember, but they wouldn't they couldn't even explain it. And they couldn't explain why they were gone so long. And like the way they arrived and left, like it just made me think that that signal was Ahsoka's and it was stuck in that loop. For however long they were there. So the other, I thought the other cool theory that came out of this we were talking about was, what if the son had actually taken Anakin's place? Oh yeah, so, right, yeah, we did say that last night. We said, well, what if when, what, he touched his head or did something? Well, what did he say? He said something about like now this will 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 throw them off with this. Yes, he did when say ta- that when he's talking to Anakin, and right before they, but right before Obi Wan shows up, and then Anakin has those weird eyes. His eyes are really dark, and he's got like black rings around him. So what if like the son is the one that switched with Anakin, and he becomes the evil path? Yes. What if what if the entire Anakin Darth Vader storyline is actually the story of the son, the son of Mortis? Mortis? <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit crazy because then he, you know, what about Padme and Luke and Leia? Does that mean Luke and Leia are still that dyad? That's why they were twins. Ooh, because we're just repeating whoever Mortis is. Could be. That's a little bit trippy. It's those possible. are some. Those are some some out there theories. And that's what I mean. That's one reason why, we, like, we like watching Clone Wars. We like having these conversations about Star Wars because they they do go down these like kind of crazy rabbit holes. Well, they go down these holes, but there's no answers. It's not like we're ever going to know why that time loop was the way it is. It was kind of left for us to ponder and wonder and think about. Yeah, it's the great thing about Star Wars. They they give you just just enough information to get you kind of like interested in talking about it. But they don't spoon feed you. This isn't science fiction where you get to know every single little aspect. Now, it's fun to have other ar- artists and writers and comic book writers and stuff like that. I do like think that. it's enjoyable when you do find out some of the details and some of the aspects. But I'm okay with some of them never really being answered either. So is there anything else you want to add on uh, the the trilogy of Mortis? What what'd you like about the whole thing all over all together? Do you think the Rise of Skywalker was based on it? I definitely think that J.J. Abrams and the writer and all of that for this uh, for the Rise of Skywalker had these three episodes in mind when they were thinking about the Force Dyad and the Dagger. So kind of inspired from. Yeah, I, th- I think they looked at this and were like, okay, so what can we pull from this? What can we pull from the uh, the prequels? What can we pull from the OT? What can we pull from Force Awakens and Last Jedi? But I, I, I totally see a lot of aspects from these three movie or from these three cartoons throughout The Rise of Skywalker. And that is what I hope to add. I think that was really cool and really fun to reflect on. Kind of full circle. 
Cool. So we're we're gonna keep um. Uh, what, what's our gonna be our next episode? What do you want to talk about next time? The Kylo Ren comic. Oh, the Kylo Ren comic. We got the first um first, first episode of that. So if you have not had a chance to go find it, how did you download it on your phone? Where did you get it? Uh, comment or was it Comicsology or something like that? Well, it's I'll actually an Amazon. And take a peek. It's an Amazon app for comics and stuff like that, where you can download it there, get it at the comic book store, stuff like that. Two episodes out so far. It's all about, hey, what happened right after Kylo fought Luke Skywalker so far? And it seems pretty cool. It's, it's kind of painting Kylo in a, in a lot more of a So what's the name of, what is the name of the series? The Rise of Kylo Ren. The Rise of Kylo Ren. And maybe you can put the app you used in the description of this podcast then. Sure, I can put the notes in there for that. Uh, definitely take a look at it. And the other one I want to talk about is the new uh, uh, Star Wars Marvel comic which takes place right after Hoth, right after Luke got his so, hand cut off. It seems really cool. Okay. Well, that will be next. Next up, the rise of Kylo Ren. Cool. All right. So, um, hope you enjoy. Don't forget to like, subscribe, um, check it out. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter as we're posting some of our crafts and stuff like there. And as always, may the Force be with you. And also with you.